You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country. Hi everyone, Annie here for Showreel, looking at things going on in the Australian moving image industry. If you are a person seeking funding for projects, you will have discovered that the latest buzzword is diversity. Just like with affirmative action, the concept of diversity is about being a catalyst for equity. Recently, the Australian Writers Guild, the AWG, ran a webinar with the support of Screen New South Wales that brought together an interesting panel of people to talk about diversity... There was Donna Chang, she's the commissioning editor at SBS Scripting, Grainy Brunston, head of Screen New South Wales, Sabrina Giardo, writer, filmmaker and consultant on information and cultural exchanges, cultural safety risk assessment toolkit, and Laurie Bannington Onato, development and investment manager at Screen Australia. Bernard Sewell tied the discussion together. Today we hear an excerpt from the discussion. It gives some outline of initiatives and the intentions of the programs. Now, we'll begin with the major questions today, which I'll direct to each of you in turn, beginning with Grania Brunson. Uh, what are some of the most successful diversity initiatives you have undertaken in the past few years? I guess one of the um, most successful ones that we've done over the last five or six years has been Screenability um, Filmmakers Fund and the Screenability film festival um, that we started about six years ago where we approached um, Sydney Film Festival about running a strand of programming in the festival that were films made by um, key creatives with a disability. So not disability themed content, but um, made by people with disability. And we um, had a curator who had um, identified as having a disability um, who found those films and they ran a program which was very successful. Um, as part of that program, we also made sure that um, the films would be accessible for people, for audience members with disability. So there was an audit done on all of the venues for accessibility. Um, they were only played in accessible um, theatres and there was, you know, accommodation was made to have, you know, more space for people with wheelchairs to make sure that anybody who uh, wanted to get in there was able to, to see them. And that's six years ago. So that's a program that's still going. After the first year, we then started to fund um, films, short films from um, teams that included at least one key creative with a disability. And we've done those for the last five years and we're, we're still doing them. They premiere at the Sydney Film Festival and then go on to have a festival live. As an addition to, to that program, we've also done what we call creatability internships. So in the first year, we um, called um, a bunch of uh, production companies, 
broadcasters, um, animation, post companies, that kind of thing to say, look, we want to run this program. We want to try and create employment opportunities for um, people with a disability. We're not sure what their skills will be because we haven't opened it up for application yet. We're not sure what the jobs might be, um, but we want to offer you know, proper um, paid internships at companies like yours. Are you in? And everybody said yes. Everybody wanted to be able to do this, but really maybe didn't know how to kind of do it themselves. We opened it up. We um, in the first year, I think we did eight internships. And some of those people that were employed through those internships are still working at those companies now. Um, the following year, we broadened it. And we also include arts companies, you know, Sydney Festival, the Opera House, that kind of thing. And we're running it again um, this year um, to again across arts and the screen area. And again, it's about building employment opportunities for, for people with disabilities in the creative and cultural sector. Um, I think for um, the screenability program, it has um, it's kickstarted a number of um, careers for people. It's given them opportunities in um, film festivals globally, but it's also changed organisations like Sydney Film Festival. So they've done training for all of their staff and all of their volunteers, and it's really it's changed. They say it's changed how they work and how they think about the programming that they do, which is really fundamental to getting kind of any lasting change. Obviously, we're part of a lot of the national initiatives and a lot of other ones that other screen agencies are involved with or broadcasters, like one that we're doing with SBS at the moment and the, the Riders Guild. Are, but I guess screenability is the one that, that we initiated and that we um, ran the screen and that's still going. And it's changed slightly um, every year as we've kind of go, gone along, but we'll, we'll come back to, to that, I guess, in terms of what we've learned and what the feedback's been. Thank you. And Donna, Donna Chang from uh, SBS, what, uh, what are some of the most successful diversity initiatives you've undertaken? Yeah, I mean, I think my favourite um, initiative at SBS is Digital Originals. So that is a three-year joint initiative between SBS, Screen Australia and NITV. And it's kind of aimed at developing exciting and innovative six by ten minute series for SBS On Demand. Um, so I guess what was really exciting, I think, about this initiative, um, you know, we've had programs like, uh, you know, Homecoming Queens, Robbie Hood, The Tailings, and we've got one called Iggy and Ace come out, which is going to come out on SBS On Demand on the 9th of September. But, you know, we have these underrepresented creatives create a piece of work, which is can act kind of as a calling card and hopefully kind of leverage other work, but also kind of importantly kind of give them credits as well. So, you know, key creative credit, so which we hope can kind of leverage into other work as well. So I think, you know, credits, are, again, like so, so important for emerging creators. And um, what we're also really proud of with Digital Originals is that there's a really low bar to entry. You know, for, I guess, like writers who are applying, you don't actually have to have any screen credits at all. You know, you don't have to have any writing credits. We kind of, you know, we ask for a 10-page writing sample just to kind of show that, you know, people kind of understand the craft of screenwriting. Um, but, you know, we, we're really excited about, um, you know, uncovering new exciting voices and, you know, um, and talent. And it's kind of, you know, I think sometimes digital originals is where we make some of our most bold and distinctive work. Um, and, you know, um, we're just really proud of, you know, the, the, the shows that we've made and, um, it's also, I also say that it's a really great way if you haven't worked with SBS before to kind of start working with SBS because essentially what we want to do with these initiatives and initiatives like um, digital originals 
is to kind of, you know, work with them on a digital original. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see you kind of later down the track, you know, working on our, our dramas. Um, and that's certainly been something that we've seen, you know, with, um, it's been really exciting, for instance, to see someone like Corrie Chen, who directed the first Homecoming Queens, um, the very first digital original, um, come back to SBS um, after, you know, her amazing kind of career and, um, you know, work with us helming New Gold Mountain, which will be out later this year as well. So that's definitely the kind of narrative, you know, and that kind of relationship we want to build with emerging creators. Okay, thank you. Um, Laurie, uh, Laurie Brannigan and Arto from uh, Screen Australia, uh, to you, the, the most successful diversity initiative uh, you've undertaken. Yeah, um, apologies for any background noise that may be leaking through. Um, I it, This is a tricky one to answer because I sit across the First Nations Department and, and not across um, Screen Australia in a, in a broad content sense. Um, I am across quite a lot of the initiatives. First Nations sit across most of them because um, most initiatives will have First Nation applicants. Um, but to take it a step back first, um, and I'm going to say something controversial, um, is I am moving away from the language of diversity um, because I think it just captures pretty much everyone um, if we think about the rate of disability among populations, if we think about the breadth of cultural and linguistically diverse people, um, it includes pretty much everybody once you go through all the intersections um, that compound and impact people um, at entering and succeeding in this sector. Um, and and um, I think an example of, of a way that, um, you know, we've reached equity in a certain level there's always more work to be done but an example i lean on is the existence of the first nations department which um, is only 28 years old um, but i think stands as a testament um, internationally as well as nationally um, to the kind of methods that will get people from different intersections into this industry um, it's it could not have been dreamed, you know, many, many years ago that we would have filmmakers like Warwick Thornton, uh, Rachel Perkins, um, you know, standing up on the world stage. Um, and so I think for me, it's not about the specific initiatives, it's not about diversity, um, but it's about looking across the board equitably and having people like myself and people from other underrepresented and historically excluded backgrounds on both sides of the camp, so to speak. So we're not just the emerging practitioners, but we hold the authority and we hold the power to guide our communities um, to a place where we are strong and, and, and not just stuck in that emerging space, because I think initiatives can also be synonymous with emerging, but some of the more successful initiatives we have had um, in, in the First Nations Department have been more mid-career aimed. Um, one of them um, was the response to um, the 250 years of colonisation across Australia and New Zealand. Um, and that was uh, a marriage between um, filmmakers from both countries um, who were between emerging um, but also mid-career to advanced, um, collaborating and leaning against each other's um, experiences and skills 
um, where they could, um, you know, really tell something uh, really unique. Um, but it wasn't about, oh, here's, you know, a little bit of development to see where you go. It, it was a really authentic development process that's going to result in real production credits, feature film production credits. Um, so it's to go back to your answer, it's really hard to pin down one initiative and to pin down uh, the, the crux of what diversity is um, because we try to instill diversity into, I suppose, everything that we do um, and equity and access and inclusion, more importantly, above um, diversity, which admittedly has lost a little bit of its meaning in, I think, its overuse. Um, so that's my controversial <laughs> uh, kind of addition. Uh, but that's not to say that the, there isn't really amazing work being done. And that's not to say that there isn't value in initiatives. I think it's in how we restructure them and how we restructure the distribution of power. I may come back to you on, on that when we discuss the feedback effect. Uh, but uh, Sabina Giada, uh, what would have been the, the diversity initiatives that you found the most successful? Okay, so for me, I'm uh, one step below emer uh, emerging. I'm grassroots, actually, since I've not had a broadcast credit yet. So for me, the most successful initiatives have been those micro grants, actually, from, from my local arts council. And they've allowed me to hone my voice in a in a in a smaller way, but still kind of pivotal for me in my career, where I am in my career. Um, and they've also allowed me to invest a little bit in my uh, in upskilling myself, in building a more sustainable career and getting some new skills. So um, having a modest amount of money and spreading it far and wide, you can kind of um, find those really interesting voices. And I think a lot, um, the Blacktown Arts Council has supported me a lot in my career and lots of different creatives across a vast number of art forms. So that's been really exciting to see. Um, and of course, I mean, what we're working on, the cultural safety risk assessment has been uh, really given me a lot of hope in uh, to kind of address some of the toxicity that might happen behind the scenes in the film industry. So uh, yes, those have been, I think, my favorite diversity initiatives, though they're really not initiatives. <laughs> Join me, Aya Kwai, with Ubuntu Voices, Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. on 3CR. Ubuntu is a Zulu word, meaning I am here because you are. Ubuntu celebrates the positive contribution African-Australian make to our communities in music, academia, the arts, and everything in between. Come with me on a journey. Ubuntu Voices, every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. None of us are free. None of us is chained. None of us are free. You're listening to Showreel on your terrific community radio station, 3CR. 
We are listening in to a discussion about diversity initiatives in the Australian film industry put on by the Australian Writers Guild recently. It is just a small part of the overall discussion had by Donna Chan, Commissioning Editor, SBS Scripting, Grainy Brunston, Head of Screen, NSW, Sabina Giada, Writer, Filmmaker and Consultant on Information and Cultural Exchanges, Cultural Safety Risk Assessment Toolkit, and Laurie Bannington and Onto. Development Investment Manager, Screen Australia, with interviewer Bernard Sewell. I'm, I'm curious as to the, the feedback you've had and, and how that's played into the decision-making uh, for subsequent um, initiatives or future ones. Uh, and, and, Laurie, if I may come back to you uh, to start with that, um, your decision, your preference to move away from the language of uh, diversity to put more at uh, equitability, was that driven from external feedback or uh, an internal um, consideration? I think it's coming all around. Um, for me, I don't distinguish internal and external as explicitly as others would because we do sit so within the community um, that I have frequent um, direct conversations with other filmmakers who don't work at Screen Australia um, or within the First Nations Department, but we are always having these conversations um, because it's just the nature of our existence. So it's I don't see it as internal versus external. I see the work as being uh, needed to be done across the board because it's systemic. It's bigger than just the film and TV industry. We're fighting racism, which has existed throughout all sectors, throughout all iterations um, of humanity. So um, I don't, I don't distinguish uh, in those ways. I think we all have work to do and we uh, all should strive um, to further our work no matter where we go because I don't think the work will be done. Uh, maybe I'm a pessimist. I like to think I'm a realist, but I think we can always be striving for better. But what has the feedback been then uh, to, to some of these initiatives and, well, not so much initiatives as uh, the, the, the thinking that, that you're driving? Yeah, I mean, I think I get, I probably get a lot of uh, uh, probably more critiques than um, positive feedback. I think that's the nature of feedback, uh, which is absolutely fine. But um, uh, comments that um, have been um, fed back to me are that, uh, one, they're always aimed at the emerging space um, to think that equity, inclusion and accessibility is not relevant to those in the mid and um, independent is is naive um, I think so um, uh, that's one big thing having um, uh, moving away from initiatives as uh, moving into programs across different career stages so programs as opposed to initiatives but it's, it's a little bit of semantics but I think programs insinuate that this is ongoing um, and that um, you know if someone doesn't get it the first year or the first iteration there'll be another run of it it's not just a one-off it's something more established it's something more trialed I can say for instance um, uh, uh, the First Nations Department is one of the only ones um, that does short films although shout out to ScreenAbility um, and to some of the state agencies who do smaller um, short film initiatives um, and, and our short film program has been one of uh, the most successful for First Nations um, filmmakers, um, in, in my opinion, because 
Um, in our, we have a document for the First Nations Department called 25 Years, and it's a reflection on the 25 years um, of the department's existence and then looking forward into what does the next 25 years look like um, for our sector. Um, and so um, one big thing that we heard back consistently from the sector, from community, is that those short film workshops um, where people were mentored, where people had production credits, where people were able to hone their their actual skill, um, those were the true calling cards um, for filmmakers like Ivan Sen, Warwick Thornton, Rachel Perkins, Erica Glynn, Adrian Wills, like the list goes on and on. We have so many directors who are, you know, moving from mid to advanced and beyond. Like I'm I'm seeing us as, you know, the next step is the Oscars. Hey, baby. Um, so, um, yeah, I think... I think those are some some of the ways that we can um, hopefully reshape initiatives um, to be more meaningful um, and and to to really progress careers into the next stages, as opposed to I suppose um, people receiving them as goodwill, um, which I understand. Um, you know, goodwill makes us all feel good, um, but. Is is the intent uh, measuring the impact? I think is something we have to constantly ask ourselves. Hi, I was just going to add to what Laurie's saying. She's absolutely right, and I think there is a real danger of death by initiative or death by attachment um, for um, people from you know let's diverse backgrounds because that's language we're using today, um, or from you know people outside the mainstream until we actually embed all of these principles within the mainstream and that's embedded right across the industry and indeed right across society then things aren't properly changing and I think there is a danger of siloing our diversity in efforts into an initiative while not actually changing anything else and that there's no change then and it's it's not a real thing it is just kind of sidelined and siloed and it's an add-on as opposed to something meaningful um they can be a great way to trial something because it can be you know something that's um discreet and targeted and can uncover new talent and you can get it up quite quickly and then but those if it's working those principles ought to be embedded in the mainstream program so that change is made and people are pulled into the mainstream because you know so i work in public funding and that ought to reflect the rest of the community and where that money goes doesn't currently reflect the community and it should because everybody's got a right to that money same with screen australia's money same with you know um, where donna is as well at sbs you know they're public broadcasters it ought to reflect the community in which we live um, and those stories and the people who make the stories and who have the access to the stories ought to reflect the communities in which we live and i think um, initiatives can be really good, as I said, for targeting or for starting something. But unless we change, unless everything changes, nothing changes. Donna, have you been receiving that kind of feedback in terms of uh, uh, particularly dealing with whether it's emerging or sort of established mid-career um, artists? Yeah, I think I just want to kind of echo a little bit of what, you know, and support what Laurie and Bronya have been saying, because, you know, um, equity inclusion is something that we absolutely strive for. You know, we want to see, you know, underrepresented people in powerful creative positions. That's what, you know, what kind of some of the initiatives are building towards. Um, you know, what we um, 
what we've been doing at SBS is we have uh, a content industry diversity manager, Michelle Cheng, who has also been interviewing a lot of people who have particip participated in past initiatives of ours and kind of working out what we can do better. I think something that we have been, you know, in terms of like, you know, creating kind of career pathways and kind of mapping, you know, those career pathways on is, you know, we've been thinking about what we what we do have at SBS. So we have, you know, Digital Originals, which is like a short form, you know, initiative, which is six by 10 minutes, which is really great because I guess creators can also kind of learn, you know, a little bit of like, you know, serialized storytelling over episodes. But it is a really big leap then to kind of, you know, um, the next thing that we have is our main TV slate, which is an hour, which is, you know, a big hour. An hour is quite a big thing to write. So we have been, um, or, or, you know, to work on. So we have been kind of thinking about, you know, what, what are those middle steps um, and how can we kind of get um, those creators who, you know, that we see in digital originals to positions of, you know, you know, great creative power in the in the production that they bring to us. So that's something that we've just been thinking about. But I also think that, like, you know, again, with a lot of these initiatives, like, I, I kind of think that we, we all really need to be really present as well when we run these initiatives to be really accessible. Because sometimes I feel like, and maybe I felt this a little bit, you know, not, not being at SBS, but kind of being outside in, in the industry, but like, you know, that initiatives are kind of, the, you know, you have this initiative and the money's given and you're kind of like, you know, left to your own device. But I, I, I kind of see that it's so, so much more valuable when kind of, you know, you have access to, you know, people as well who are behind those initiatives, you know, so that they can kind of speak to like, you know, um, commissioning editors like myself or, you know, Laureate Screen Australia, you know, that, you know, we're here to support them. We're not, it's not just here you go, you know, that, you know, you, you can, we're accessible and you can ask us questions and they'll be here for you as well because, you know, it's a really tricky industry and, you know, there's, we just want to kind of be there to kind of help support creators' growth. Sabina Jada, the, uh, much of what we've just been dis discussing, been hearing, uh, it's about uh, people a little further along the process than, than you were describing uh, your experiences at sort of ground level. Um, mm -hmm. has, has the feedback that you've been receiving that you've uh, encountered um, fit in with, with uh, some of these other issues of, of sort of further along in their career uh, creatives? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'd say that um, initiatives, yes, initiatives, initiatives need to become programs. So we know that there's, there's always going to be uh, an opportunity for capacity building, but there, there just needs to be more as well. That's why I was kind of talking about micro grants. Um, there just needs to, the love needs to be spread further along because there's, there's hundreds, perhaps thousands of creators who are trying to build a career and, and, and there being more opportunities and more voices and more things being made means there's more, more work for everybody really. And uh, every time somebody kind of has a, a job opportunity for a diverse, whatever, diverse again in, in scarecrows, um, there's hundreds of applications, which means that there's simply enough, not enough opportunities around. So how can we all kind of work to build more opportunities for everybody? Um, well, that's one thing. And also we're talking about creating um, more opportunities for diverse creatives are the pathways to those opportunities accessible to those creatives in and of themselves are we giving them creative freedom um, 
are we insisting on rigidity, doing things the way they've always been done? But that might not actually be appropriate for or might not be culturally safe for certain communities. Um, and it's going to mean different things for different communities. Uh, the way uh, people approach the film industry might be different. Um, but I think there are conversations that need to be had about how we deliver and how we uh, evaluate uh, all of these initiatives as well, initiatives slash programs. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the work we're doing with the cultural safety risk assessment as well, kind of opening up those spaces so we can build from the ground up, build something different and not just have kind of surface level diversity, really. Not just kind of... Um, faces of color but actual diverse programs that are diverse all the way through that's it for showreel this week keep safe so you are here to hear more from your 3cr team of programmers bye for now
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.